Good morning. Hey, open up your Bibles, turn to Psalm chapter 100, Psalm chapter 100. I've got a problem, I need your help. Can we just do a counseling session here for a little bit? Would that work? No, no, somebody said no. (laughs) Deal with your own problems. Um, How do you say thank you to somebody when they've done something nice for you? Does anybody struggle with that? Just me? Yeah, nope, nobody else. There's two of us, thank you. I appreciate that, yeah. Okay, now a few of you, okay, thanks for the support. It's not always easy to know exactly how to respond and say thank you when somebody does something nice for you. When somebody does something really, really, really nice for you, how do you say thank you in a way that genuinely communicates the appreciation in your heart for what they have done for you? You have any ideas? Nope. Let me make it more complicated. What if the person who does something nice for you already has everything? I mean, we experience this sometimes when Christmas or birthdays come along and you're trying to buy for your parents or somebody that, you know, that's, that's fairly well off. And if they want something, they just go buy it. I mean, it's like, yeah, we don't, we don't keep wish list or, or wait a whole lot anymore for those who are my age. If I want something, I just go to Amazon, click buy, and it's there in 24 to 48 hours or whatever, right? I mean, that's, that's just kind of the way it goes. If I want it, I buy it. If it it's, yeah, so what do you do for somebody who already has everything? How do you say thank you? Anybody got any good ideas? So let me take it one step further. It's really hard to say thank you to somebody who has done something really nice for you and they already have everything they want. It's even more complicated to say thank you if that somebody is God. So how do we genuinely say thank you to God for creating us, for redeeming us, for giving us the breath that we have today, for allowing us the opportunity to be here, to look at his word, for putting us in a free country where we can talk about the gospel without fear of persecution, for drawing us to salvation even though we were rebels against the king and he sent his son to die in my place and for my sake so that I could then be reconciled through his grace and his mercy and nothing I've done of my own to spend forever with him. How do I say thank you to that? Psalm 100 will help us with this. Psalm 100 is a call to praise the Lord. It is a call to worship the Lord. And it gives us the call, but it also gives us the cause for it. It gives us the reasons for it. So here's our main idea out of this text, out of these first five verses, is that we should worship the Lord joyfully. All of us get this, right? This is basic. We are believers in Christ. We should worship the Lord joyfully. But now let's call, let's call a timeout for a second. How many of you know the angry church curmudgeon? There's only three of us in here. We follow him on Twitter. But anyway, actually, if you're on Twitter, you know a whole lot of angry people. 
Because Twitter is the place where you go to vent all of your anger and frustration behind a keyboard instead of looking somebody face to face where they likely punch you in the mouth if you said the same thing. Come on, we can have fun in here, it's okay. We wouldn't punch them in the mouth, we would just want to, right? Okay. How many of you know somebody that is a follower of Christ that never seems to smile or enjoy life? Here's the deal. This text, the tone of this text is what I really, I want you to catch the tone. Because the tone of this text is not that we should walk around like we've been sucking on sour lemons or that we should walk around looking down our nose at everybody in the world, or that we should live life and then live life in such a way we get so cynical that nothing is ever good and nothing is ever positive. If you're gonna be a Psalm 100 type believer, you've got joy. You have thanks in your heart and joy in your heart because the Lord has redeemed you. So here's the deal. I want us to be a whole campus full of Psalm 100, I'm happy to be here, I'm happy to live life people who look out at others with how can I encourage you, and Lord, how can I say thank you, and Lord, I can't believe I get to do this. I can't believe I get to be in this place of all the things you've called Christians to do for all of the time that the world's been in existence. I'm not in exile in Babylon. I'm not in a prison being persecuted. Listen, we've got it great. We get to join together and sing with a band that is incredibly talented. We get to come together in groups of us that love the Lord Jesus Christ. We should be the happiest people on the planet. And yet, how many times is our tone wrong? So critical. And look, I'm not telling you not to criticize stuff. There's stuff to criticize. But if you've got a critical spirit and all you ever want to do is criticize, your life's got to be miserable. You just have to be miserable. And I don't want you miserable. I want you happy. I want you to have fun. I want you to realize that you can be a Christian and have great joy in Christ, that you can be happy and you can smile at other people and you can have fun with them and you can be happy with them. Life should not be miserable. So we should worship the Lord joyfully. Catch the tone of this text when we read it in just a second. I've got some other questions here for you though. All right, so you give me this idea, we should worship the Lord joyfully. How do I do that? I'm glad you asked, because this text tells us exactly how. It gives us some commands, and these commands are what I would lay out to you to say, all right, if you're looking for discipleship, if you're looking for how do I grow in my faith, if you're looking for what is my reasonable service to God, if you're looking at this, we should worship him through praise. That praise can be verbal, that praise can be through music and through worship, We should praise the Lord at all times. We should praise him when we pray to him, when we write, when we journal, when we use our gifts. We should praise him. We should do it through service. And that word service, some of your Bibles is actually even gonna translate in the NIV as worship. Because what happens with this service is that service and worship cannot be separated in the psalm. So what this means is whatever your major is, when you go out to do that major with those gifts that God's given you, then you are serving others and worshiping the Lord and the two cannot be separated. 
God has given you those abilities. He has called you to use them for his glory. So now train well and go out and worship the Lord and serve the Lord and serve others and put those two together. So that is how we worship the Lord joyfully. And, and you've seen this when you go to different places. You can go into a place and you can order food and the waitress or waiter that comes over to you can be absolutely miserable or they can be smiling and laughing and having a good time. Which one do you want? Let's be honest, none of us like being around miserable people. So if you don't have any friends, just saying, maybe Maybe you need to smile more and be more fun and be more fun to be around and stop talking bad about other people or the people you're trying to be friends with. Friends with you, you talk about me behind my back every other day to my other friends. Like, all right, I'm moving on. The relationship with Christ, we've got to know him. No, it's going to be in here. We've got to know him. You can't worship what you don't know. If you're going to worship something, you know about it. Because if I ask you guys about certain video games, Clash of Clans or Halo, Call of Duty, I, if I ask you guys about your favorite sport, if I ask you guys, if I start asking what kind of guitars are these up here, if, if these are the things you know about, you know them. And if I started trying to explain it and I got it wrong, you'd be like, no, 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 listen, rookie, you don't understand here. That's not... This is special. If the Lord's not special to you, maybe you don't know him enough. And gratitude. We should be thankful because we get to do this. We are saved, redeemed, children of the king. We get to worship him. So that's how. Now maybe you're here and you're like, hey, you people are just weird. You're right, we are, that's okay. Um, and you're saying, Why? Why should I worship him? I'm glad you asked that question too because I've got reasons. This text gives us these reasons because the Lord is good. You don't have to write these down. This is the text. This is Psalm 100. The Lord is good. The Lord is our creator. We're his people. So the Lord is our redeemer and we're shepherd. He's our, he's our shepherd. We're the sheep. And so he is our provider. He's good. He shows steadfast love and faithfulness to his people forever. So, so there's your text. Just... Just lay it out, fillet it open and say, here's the deal. We should worship the Lord joyfully. We should do so through praise, service, relationship, gratitude, because he's good and he's our creator and he's our deemer and he's our provider and, and he's a good God and he loves us with steadfast love even though we don't deserve it. So let's read our text. Let's stand in honor of the reading of the Lord's word if you're able to do so. Our outline as we break this text down, which we'll come to, is serve joyfully and worship thankfully. We're gonna see those serve joyfully here in the first three verses, worship thankfully in the last two. Psalm 100, make a joyful noise, a joyful shout to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever and faithfulness 
to all generations. Lord, would you help this text to come alive to us today as we walk through it? In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. All right, let's walk through our text. So we start off with our first point of serve joyfully. We're gonna see that in the first three verses. Make it joyful. You see the word joyful there, right there in verse two. You see the word serve. Serve, I'm kind of using as the all-encompassing word that will capture worship, that will capture what we're supposed to do in making that joyful noise to the Lord. And when it says make a joyful noise to the Lord, this is like the king is coming in and there's a big shout that takes place when the king comes in. And so it's okay to shout it's okay to, when we see somebody that's popular, when you see somebody that's coming in and, and they're well-known and everybody loves them, people just scream, people go crazy. And what this text is saying to us as it's calling us to worship, as it's calling us to praise, is it's saying to us, this is how we should respond in the presence of the Lord. The Lord, the one who is the greatest, he's the one that we should give all the praise and all the shouts and all the worship to. We don't have to sit here and be quiet. We, we don't have to be silent. I get, I get we're reverent, we take notes, we do all that type of stuff, but we can be joyful as we do these things too. We can make a joyful noise to the Lord. Now don't miss this, because this is crazy. It says all the earth. This is the Old Testament. This is the time where you had those in, in Jerusalem where the Israelites were called, but here is a foreshadowing of the Great Commission because all of the earth is being called to praise the Lord. And so here you see that Abraham was to bless all nations, that Israel was to bless the entire world. And here the call is for all of the earth to come forward and make a joyful shout to the Lord because he's the one that's good. He's the one that matters. Verse two, serve or worship. Serve the Lord. How do we serve the Lord? That's a great question. So we think forward to Matthew chapter 25. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus says to them, some of you have served me water or given me something to eat or visited me in my affliction. They said, Lord, we didn't didn't do that to you. And he says, but when you've done it to the least of these, then you've also done it to him. What What are we being asked to do here? It's to live out our faith. But we have to decide that we're actually gonna serve the Lord. So we think there to to Joshua chapter 24. Joshua there with the people after the Lord has done all these incredible things and giving them the land. And all of a sudden Joshua says, decide this day whom you will serve. So I say to all of us, decide that we will serve the Lord. And here the call is that we're gonna serve the Lord. So think about this. There's four different imperatives here. It's make a joyful noise. It's serve the Lord. Then it's come into his presence with singing. And then it's know that the Lord, he is God. So we look at number three there, come into his presence. If we truly wanna worship the Lord, the call to praise is to come into his presence. How do we come into the presence of God? Okay, God is everywhere. So because God is everywhere, omnipresent, we're always in the presence of God. But there are times when we stop and we focus and we pray and we read his word and we allow his word to teach us more about him. When we come together as groups of people and intentionally worship the Lord, when we gather in a local church on Sunday mornings, there are times that we come into the presence of the Lord intentionally saying, Lord, I want to learn more about you. I want to commune with you. I want to have that relationship with you. I want to know you and nobody else can do this for you. 
Your parents can't have the relationship with God for you. You have to own your own faith. God has no spiritual grandchildren. So you need to come. This is the call. This is what the psalmist is saying is come into the presence of the Lord. And how do we do that? With singing. That's one of the ways. Now, some of us in this room don't sing as well as others of us in this room. I'm probably on the lower end of that spectrum of talent and gifts and abilities in singing, but I still try. Friends, if you're you're not willing to sing praises to the Lord, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't like the music you play. I don't like it sometimes either. It's not about me. Well, I didn't like that lyric. That one lyric right there. You've got a lion inside of you? What's the name of your lion? Get over yourself. How critical can we be of every little thing that instead of focusing on worshiping the one true God and singing from our hearts and souls to the one true God, we're gonna sit as though we're the eternal critic over everything that happens and miss out on the blessing of serving the Lord. We're singing that song later, by the way, I'm just saying. Cutting off the emails, I don't need them. Come into his presence with singing. Friends, let's sing. Let's have fun singing. If, if you want to raise your hands, raise your hands. If you want to jump up and down, jump up and down. Keep it bad just now, but otherwise, you know, <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all good with you having fun. Just, all right, look, number three, no. Verse three, know that the Lord, he is God. So I just shortened that and said, know that the Lord, he is God. There you go. The Lord is God. It is he, now we move into the cause. So we've got the call. What are we gonna do? We're gonna shout, we're gonna serve, we're gonna come into his presence with singing, we're gonna know that he's the Lord. Why do we do that? Look at what it tells us in verse three. It is he who made us, so there's creator. You can see that. And then we are his people. And then it says it again, we are his people, there's redeemer. And then he says that we are the sheep of his pasture, the sheep of his pasture, there you see provider. And so when you see it, I've even got it for you here on the slide. When you see what this looks like, look at this. Why are we supposed to serve the Lord? What is our cause for praise? Our cause for praise is that we are to know that the Lord is good, that the Lord is God, that he created us, that he redeems us, and that he provides for us. What more do we want? He's God. That's why we worship him. He created us. Now listen at this statement. This is not, there's not a debate here. This is the call for everybody to come in and worship the Lord. And it says, he made us. He is the creator. That is one of the reasons we worship him. We are his. He owns us. That means we're not owners, we're stewards. If I'm not an owner of my life, I'm a steward of my life. That means I have to give account for what I do with my life. It changes the way I live my life. We are his people. We are redeemed in the good times and the bad times. We are his people. This gives us great comfort in some situations because no matter what happens, nothing can separate us from God. That's Romans 8. 
He is with us in those times when we're sick, in those times when we're in the hospital, in those times where we go through tragedy and death, in those times when we are on the mountaintops. The Lord is with us. We are his people and that should give you great comfort. And we are the sheep of his pasture. We went through Psalm 23 just the last time we went through this. Think about what that means, that he is our shepherd. He is the good shepherd. So this is why we we praise the Lord. This is why we make a joyful shout. This is why we serve with all of our lives. This is why we come into his presence with singing. This is how we know he is God. We serve joyfully. Number two, we worship thankfully. Worship thankfully. Look at verse four, what it says here. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. So this is a call to come. This is a call perhaps to enter the temple. Perhaps they would have, would have sung the song at that point in time. They would have sung the psalm. This word enter here in verse four is the same word as come in verse two. So if you write in your Bibles, you can circle that word. You can draw a line down to it. You can circle the word enter. Enter and come, the exact same thing. It's a restatement here. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. That's the gratitude. When we come to church, we should be thankful we get to go to church. Not begrudgingly going because, oh, I gotta go to church again or somebody's gonna think bad about me. Or, oh, I gotta go to chapel again, but it's okay because I'm gonna leave early. I'm just letting that sit for a little while. We'll deal with that next semester. Do you come and do you think, seriously? I get to go worship the Lord? I'm gonna enter his gates with thanksgiving? And then it says, and enter his courts with praise. Do you see the tone here? It's a joyful noise. It's serving the Lord with gladness. It's coming to his presence with singing, exclamation point. It's knowing that he is God, exclamation point. He, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for him. He created me. I'm his. He's my good shepherd. So I enter his gates with thanksgiving. I enter his courts with praise. I'm excited about this because I get to spend forever with Jesus and he's a good God and he doesn't change and he's not gonna squash me like a little ant under his foot. This is a good God that loves us and has good gifts for us. And Jesus said, I'm gonna go prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would have told you, but I'm coming again. And when he comes again, it's gonna be better than you could ever think or imagine. His ways are so much higher than our ways. I don't know if I want to go to heaven. It sounds boring. We're going to sit around on clouds with angels that have wings and play harps. No, come on now. We can't fathom how great this is going to be. Come into his courts with praise. Then look, give thanks. Now, now here's, here's what I think. I think if we gave thanks more often, we would be less selfish and less self-centered and happier. Because for me to give thanks for something is a recognition that somebody has done something really nice for me that perhaps I could not do for myself. And so it is a humbling of myself to say thank you to somebody else to encourage them. And that attitude of thankfulness, that attitude of gratitude that you can have when you give something away means that, means that I'm, not, I'm not hoarding it all for myself. I'm not the center of my universe. There are other people that I, I recognize and I love. And so we're supposed to give thanks to who? To God, because he did it all. And then we're to bless Bless his name. What does it mean to bless his name? 
God bless you. What does that mean? Bless. We say that word so frequently, it's losing its meaning. But, but when it says to bless his name, it means that we talk about God in such a way that it raises the affections of all of those around us for him. We exalt his name with our words and our actions and our deeds in such a way that when people think about God, they think better of God because of the words and the songs and the lyrics and the actions and the service that we're doing. We're blessing his name. We're saying, no, 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 you don't understand. This God is special. This is the God. It's the only God. It's because Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. He's the one. This is not like all of the other false, fake gods who are out there. This is the God. It's the one who redeemed you and saved you by his grace and for your joy and for his glory. Friends, if you've got a view of God as the cosmic killjoy, oh, you missed it. You have missed it. Because there should be greater joy in the center of God's will than anywhere else on the planet. Bless his name. Okay, so we've got the things we're supposed to do. Here's, here's, a, here's a refresh. Let me, let me get back to my notes. We've got the things we're supposed to do in this particular. It's the call to praise And in this call to praise, you're gonna see three imperatives. Enter his gates. You see it twice there because it says enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. And then the second imperative, give thanks to the Lord and then bless his name. That's what we're being commanded to do. So there's your call to praise. I'm calling you to worship the Lord. What does that mean? Come in with thanksgiving. Come in with praise. Give thanks. Elevate. Bless. Live your life in such a way that you exalt Christ. Now, why should I do that? What is the cause for this? He's gonna give us three reasons here. The three reasons that we should praise is number one, the Lord is good. Look at what it says, verse five. For the Lord is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. There's number two. And number three, his faithfulness to all generations. And there's a typo there. That should be five, verse five, not verse three. The Lord is good. You see it right here. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. So if you write in your Bibles, this is a repeat. Endures forever and to all generations. The steadfast love of the Lord, his faithfulness, the Lord being good. These are repetitions of those different ways to say the exact same thing. Why should we come and worship the Lord? He's good. His steadfast love, his hesed, his loving kindness, his mercy endures forever. His faithfulness, another way of saying the other, is to all generations. So how long does it last? Forever. How long? To all generations. No, really, how long? Forever. How long? To all generations. All right, I gotta wrap this up or we won't have time to sing. Here's your application. Here's what I want you to think about. Who or what do you worship? So another way I like to say this is, who or what is at the center of your world? Because friends, if you're at the center of your world and everything in your world revolves around you, you've got a problem. Because you're gonna be selfish and self-centered and nobody's gonna wanna hang out with you. And more importantly than that, you're not worshiping the Lord correctly because the Lord should be the center of every one of our 
worlds. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's not do I get things my way. It's not that I'm more important. It's that he is at the center. And what can I do to serve him? And when I seek to serve others, and when I seek to live my life for somebody else, there's greater joy in that than trying to accumulate everything for myself. So what do you worship? Who's at the center of your world? Think about that. Number two, who do you serve? The fact that we're to serve joyfully means that we should be seeking to serve. There's a difference here. When somebody tells you, go do something, your response can be, I don't want to. Well, that's begrudgingly, because you eventually may obey. That's also talking back, which is not appropriate. If you're talking to your parents or to your teacher or somebody like that, teacher says, do an assignment, and I don't wanna do the assignment. Well, great, you get an F. I mean, like, there's a good way to, to deal with that here, but your parents say, I want you to do this. You know, no, I'm not doing it. Well, that's gonna have a consequence. Then do you eventually do it? But you do it, and when you do it, you're like, not serving joyfully. When we serve joyfully, we seek to serve. Oh, there's something that needs to happen. I'm going to take care of it. There's some paper on the ground. I'm going to pick that up and I'm going to take care of it. There's an assignment that needs to get done and I'm going to make sure it happens and I'm going to make sure it happens well. Somebody needs this done for their house and nobody's paying me to do it. They need a ramp because they can't get up to their door. I'm going to find some people. We're going to build a ramp. We're going to make this happen. Do you know you actually get more joy from that than you do from the it's all about me world? Do you serve joyfully or reluctantly? Maybe you're here and you need broader encouragement. Maybe it's been a rough time. I just wanna say to you, whether it's been easy or whether it's been rough, God is faithful. We can trust him. Put this in the back of your minds because right now, if you're in that easy time, it won't be that way forever. And you're gonna need it one day that God is faithful and we can trust him. Listen, the Lord is good, and he loves you, and we do too. So when the devil tells you those lies, don't listen. Know that you were loved. Dear Lord, as we transition now to sing praises to your name, help us to do so joyfully. Lord, help us to do so from our innermost being, from our hearts, from our souls, from everything that we have because you are worthy and you are God worthy to be praised. Lord, we thank you that you redeemed us, that you created us, that you sustained us, that you provide for us, that you have given us the opportunity to be here at this moment and at this time to be able to worship and praise you for you are good. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.